Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, associates in the arts holding, notorious, <laughs> Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Say what? Doc G, what's up, sir? Woo! Woo! Mike, I am excited. It is Thanksgiving time on the Doc G Show. Yes, it is. It yes. really is. We're here. We're all revved up. We're ready to go. <laughs> My yes. a goodness, Mike. Um, how, how can I explain it to the audience? It's a huge show. It's yeah. the seventh Thanksgiving special. Seventh, Mike. That's right. Seventh. Jeez. That's an important number. And yeah. 300th episode. Wow. 300th episode, Mike. I am not. That's amazing. I know. It is. Yes. And I'm not afraid to say it right now, Mike. I'm like an 8.5. Say what? That's great. I am too. Yeah. Per use, 8.5. We, we know I'm not over eights <laughs> that often, Mike. I'm not I'm not usually in your eight world, but because of this show, I'm there. I yeah. am there, Mike. We have got so many things. We've got great uh, guests on the show. Uh, we've got great Thanksgiving special uh, segments. I, I can't wait. Nope. And guess what, Mike? Yeah. There is a Thanksgiving miracle coming for you at the end of the show. For me. For you. Wow. Yeah. Get excited. Very. You yes. will be excited. It will be something good. I will good. be excited. I was gonna, I'm excited. I was going to make it your Christmas uh, present, and then I was like, you know what? I can't wait, and I love the Thanksgiving special. I'm going to make it a Thanksgiving miracle. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so that's what's happening Sounds at the good. end of the show. Mike, Perfect. at the beginning of the show, we've done all sorts of things here on the old Thanksgiving special. We've uh, looked at the best side dishes uh, mm. to make for Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, we've looked at side dishes by state. We broke it down. What state we likes what, uh, uh, what dish. We've done Thanksgiving facts. But as I was uh, preparing for this show, I was like, what could we do? What could we do new hmm. that we haven't done before in the past? And I was like, you know what? What better way to celebrate the old Thanksgiving special than use our own Thanksgiving memories? Yes! Use yeah. our own memories in the fastest growing, most popular segment in the world. Doc G Top 3. That's right. Surprise Doc G Top 3 listeners. This is a, a, a new one right here. At the start, to start the show, and it's the top three Thanksgiving memories. Wow. Listeners, I apologize. I know you don't have your list ready for us. You're like, what the f***? You told me vegetables, Doc G. <laughs> I don't have Thanksgiving memories. Well, right now, think them up really quick. Think them up really quick while we're getting ready to go into ours, and we're going to run down our list. Mike, you have your top three, right? I do. Now, Mike, as you might su suspect, none of my memories are normal. Nope. 
Um, That's good. If listeners are looking for, you know, me and my relatives all gathered around a a, a Thanksgiving table with a big meal of Thanksgiving crap, none of that is in my memories, okay? That, no. (laughs) Those are all my memories, Dr. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, that is not, you will balance my memories, Mike. All of my memories are very weird arbitrary occurrences that me and my brother thought were awesome. That's a fact. Uh, okay. I, I have spent every Thanksgiving with my brother and I confirmed while I was coming up with these and I was like, are these the best things that happened to us? And he was like, <laughs> yes, those are the best things that happened to us. And you may tell yourself, Mike, wow, that's sad. No. Tell yourself that's awesome when you hear these yeah. memories because they live in our brain forever. And now, listeners, they, they will live in your brain forever as well. Yes. So, Mike, do you have any honorable mentions first? Hmm. None. Um, no, I don't have okay. any honorable mentions. Okay, I got one honorable mention. This one was important. This may be my brother's actual favorite. I find it okay. funny. My brother always finds it more funny when something bad happens to somebody other than him. So true. So he finds this memory hilarious. Uh, about seven years ago, I went down to Fort Lauderdale to hang with my brother as we did for, for several, several years. Uh, we right. classified it as Thanksgiving Fest. Um, mm. That really just meant I was going to stay at his house for a couple of days. Uh, but <laughs> we called it Thanksgiving Fest. Sounds fun. Oh, it was. It's so, so fun. This particular year, my main man, Brandon, came down with me to Thanksgiving Fest. So it was me, my brother, and Brandon. And we were taking a casual bike ride on Thanksgiving uh, when a quick storm came passing through, as often happens in South Florida, you know? Uh, and it, it poured down for a while, which made some massive puddles. Hmm. And uh, as we're going down the sidewalk... This huge moving truck is headed down the road in the opposite direction, and it hits a massive puddle in the road. Oh, no. And we're all in line on our bikes. Me, then Brandon, then my brother. And a tsunami of puddle water comes flying towards the sidewalk. Ew. Somehow... Me and my brother miraculously get none of this tsunami. Literally, it hits Brandon <laughs> completely. He almost falls off his bike. It's so wow. much water coming his way. And at the like to this day, we have no idea how the physics of this worked. It was like the truck driver got a bazooka launcher of puddle water and shot only and specifically Brandon, because afterwards Brandon's like, "Oh my God, I got d-. you guys. Are you are you covered?" And we're like, "No, no, neither of us have any water on us at all." And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, we laughed about it for like a week straight after that. We we're just like, "Hey, Brandon, remember that time you got completely covered in water that was probably tainted with Ebola from the street?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And neither Definitely of us. At anything? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Mike, uh, number no three. Number three on your list. 
So uh, I was living in New York City mm-hmm. and uh, around the time of Thanksgiving, and I was brand new to New York City. I really didn't know anybody. Okay. Uh, so my amazing roommate, I'm going to give her full name, Rachel Denardi. She's a DJ. Uh, shout out to Rachel. She invited me. Shout out to Rachel. She invited shout me out. to her family's Thanksgiving wow. in, I think it was like upstate New York. It was further away from Manhattan. It's a bit of a travel. Uh, it was a bit of a travel, yeah. And that was absolutely beautiful. And then also, side note, on the train ride, I rode next to, and I am totally blanking on his name right now, but do you remember the guy that played, um, well, he was the main waiter in waiting. That was my, that's the first role that comes to mind. Uh, uh, oh, oh you, you mean the guy that was like trying to decide whether or not he should stay in the waiting game or yeah, go to college? Yep. Justin, yeah. I forget his last name, but his first name is Justin. It's definitely Justin something. Yeah, so random, but I sat next to his brother on the train, and I listened <laughs> to his brother tell stories about him the whole time, and, and uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. But yeah, beautiful and, Thanksgiving. That was pretty much it. And you were like, oh, that's sad that... You have to tell stories of your brother. Like, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But uh, he looked exactly like him, too. Um, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I will say it's easier to, li- like, like your, your scenario, to look in to other people's, like, family deals like you did mm-hmm. with Rachel. I, yeah. I actually like that better than doing uh, things with my own family. No offense, own family. <laughs> but uh, just just for the fact that, like, there there's no baggage that comes with their family. You're like, who knows who this, this group is? Who gives a crap, you know? But it's nice. Yeah. You still get the warm afterglow and whatnot, you know? Anyways, Mike, my, my yeah. number three. That's great. My number three involves my fantastic family. Uh, it involves Uncle Tim. Now, RIP to Uncle Tim. He's not with us anymore. Uh, uh, but he uh, he was not a very talkative dude, Uncle Tim. Uh, uh, wasn't too much for fraternizing, you know? He was that <laughs> quiet dude that if you were sitting in a room alone with him, it would be silent for like five minutes of just staring. And then after that, he'd be like, I think Detroit can win against Dallas this year. And everybody's tuned into what he says. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> eh? all right, okay. But one year at Thanksgiving, I think that was when I was like 18 or so, we've had dinner, and we're starting to do a lineup for dessert. And yeah. uh, Tim is in front of me, and my brother is behind me in line, and we're looking at the options. And me and my brother point to something uh, that looks rather odd, and we're like, what is that? And our Aunt Teresa is like, oh, that's a raspberry tart. And Uncle Tim, this dude that's usually stoic, completely quiet, without hesitation, perfect comedic timing, leans back to me and my brother and just like, more like a raspberry fart. What? And Teresa's like, what? And he's just like, nothing. Huh? And then just goes right back to his plate. Just right back into Uncle Tim form. Just yeah, more like a raspberry fart. What? Nothing. <laughs> and then just right back into line. Never like 
me and my brother didn't know what to do because it was so not an Uncle Tim thing. It was yeah. he is not that cut up. He is not that dude that's gonna do it. And forever after that, he became known as Raspberry Fart. Sweet. That was his name for me and my my me and my brother. He was Raspberry Fart. That was him. Comedic gold, Mike. Comedic gold, I'm telling you. I wish I could see a clip of this happening. Yeah, exactly. Like, I wish I, I wish, wish we I could, could just bring it back. There it is. Like, oh man, be so good. All right, Mike, yeah. you're number two. Number two, so I'm gonna get into my family stuff. But okay. uh, yeah, I, I think we we had, uh, I was probably 22. All right. 23. Shout out to we Taylor had, Swift. Shout out. Yes, great album. Wait, no, <laughs> that was Adele. Uh, right. 25. Yeah. Yeah. 25. 21, uh, 25. Those were her two albums. Interesting. 21, then, and then she went to 25? Yeah. Oh, well, those were the two albums. She had one that was called 21, and then she had one that was called 25. Uh, okay. For some reason, I thought they were closer together. Anyways, mm. Dr. G. So we had Thanksgiving at my mom's house, which mm -hmm. is the house that I grew up in. And mm -hmm. it was just great because we had like all of my mom's side of the family together. And that's that side of the family is very chaotic. There's very much a, not a lot of good relationships there. So having all those people inside of like Insanity. my house was pretty wild. Yeah. Um, Insanity. We got pictures. We got pictures from this. Uh, and uh, but yeah, just that was a good that was a good Thanksgiving. Nothing specific. It was just just good like memory. A top man. three things. Yeah, I yeah, like it. Vibe. I like vibes. it. Mike, here mm -hmm. comes another arbitrary memory for me. Uh, couple of years before number three so uh i was probably like 15 ish my brother was probably uh well if i was 15 he was 19. we were at my aunt judy's house now there's not too much going on inside of the house for me and my brother plus we're teenagers we're too cool for school right we're like yes. <laughs> we're not hanging out inside That's a fact. so we go outside Right, and it is a uh, unreasonably cold day in the mountains of Virginia. It is like in the twenties with a strong wind Ew. just blowing through. But me and my brother go out, and we're like, "What do we got to do?" We had a frisbee in the car, so we started tossing the frisbee. And while we're tossing the frisbee, our frisbee cracks. It cracks in the center of the frisbee, and after a ah. couple of tosses. It completely breaks into two separate pieces. Glam. Mm. Now, because we're too cool for school, and this was Thanksgiving, and we're like, we're not going back inside, we start throwing <laughs> the one side of the Frisbee. And Mike, when I tell you this became one of the greatest games ever of half Frisbee the world has ever seen, it was. <laughs> Yes! We went on playing, and this is an exaggeration. We went on tossing a half of a Frisbee, like seeing how far we could throw it, seeing how many catches we could get in a row, hmm. different methods of improving the throw, yeah. different catchphrases of what you call different moves with the half Frisbee. We did that for like two and a half hours. Nice. We, were, we were diving catches it was miraculous, Mike. A Thanksgiving miracle of half <laughs> Frisbee. It Improv. was Yes, it Adapt, was. Overcome. <laughs> amen, Mike. And amen. it was, um, if you have yourself a chance, listeners, break a Frisbee in half and go at it.
It'll be a good time. It will warm your heart and soul. Mike, you're number one. Wait, Doc G, so a couple questions. What was the what was the best angle or uh, way of throwing half of a frisbee? Did you guys come up with? Uh, you gotta catch. Really? You gotta catch the wind with a half frisbee. <laughs> I got uh, Because you're not gonna get you. Obviously, you're not gonna get a good spiral. No. Right. No. But you do have to have some movement. It was mm-hmm. sort of almost like a boomerang was the best yeah. style. So, like, okay. when you threw it, like, that way, you know, at that angle they do, sort of an overhead, uh, overhand throw, and then you throw it into the wind, and it sort of hooks to the other person. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. You got to forgive me. I'm a little rusty on my mechanics because it's been, you know, two decades or so. But oh, come on. if I get back out there, I'm telling you, m- miracles will happen. Anyways, yeah. Mike, you're number one. You're number one. We got to invent this half frisbee or we got to come up with some model. Anyways, oh, yeah. uh, Doc G, number one, I would say almost any Thanksgiving at my dad's, well, my grandmother's house. So my dad's side of the family, their Thanksgiving's always amazing. Are they chaotic? Always great food. No chaos. Oh, Normal okay. people. That's like mm. the normal side of the family. And uh, I remember there was one year where I guess we had wrapped up Thanksgiving and we were watching a magic game and I'm pretty sure Penny hit a half court shot. So I must, I was probably really young for this one, but Penny hit a half court shot and man, the house went wild. And that's really all I remember from this. Thanksgiving magic. Yeah. Thanksgiving (laughs) magic. There we go. That's, That's a double meaning right there. Anywho. That is a fantastic that that warms my heart and soul, Mike. That's a thanks, actually. That's a, that's, that's what a, I'm trying to do. That's a true Thanksgiving memory. <laughs> now, back to one of my weird memories that makes no sense. So true, Mike. This this goes along with the honorable mentions here. This was another year I went down for Thanksgiving fest. Now, one of the things that goes along with Thanksgiving fest is me and my brother would always eat at a restaurant called Lulu's. Mm -hmm. which Lulu's was a Cajun restaurant on the beach. Now, this particular year, it was, again, Brandon came down. Also, my friend Chris was there for Thanksgiving dinner. So it was me, my brother, uh, Chris, and Brandon. We're at this restaurant, and, uh, as you know, it's a, uh, like I said, it's on the beach, and it's open-air dining, you know, towards the beach. So you got a strong breeze coming through there. Yeah. On top of that, you know, it's a Cajun restaurant, and a lot of times when you see especially Cajun restaurants that also have a lot of seafood, they have mm-hmm. those paper towel rolls that are at the yeah. table, you know? For sure. And so uh, we're sitting there, uh, blowing time, sort of waiting uh, for our meal, and we notice that the paper towel roll has started to unravel on its own mm. because of the breeze. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, what is going on? sort of looks like it's our flag like that's our flag for for our table our representation (laughs) is this paper towel roll and you know we start paying attention more and more to this thing after a couple of minutes it's doubled in length because of the wind now it's like a foot and a half long and over the next 45 minutes this paper towel roll just slowly unravels itself to be at least a good 20 minutes long, uh, 20 feet long. Yes. Like literally it's across the room at another table just flapping in the breeze. <laughs> 
And me and the rest of everyone at the table just got more and more proud of our paper towel flag. And we were like, yes, yes, it is going to keep going. Yes, yes. That is the most Thanksgiving joy a group of four nerds could have, Mike. I'm not lying. We were so excited about this flag getting longer and longer. That's right. Sadly, as we were celebrating the amazing length of our paper towel flag, one of the waitresses walking by just decided to rip it off. Girl, come on! Ruin all our dreams and hopes, Mike. Sorry, Dr. You. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Our entire lives, everything that we had focused on for the last hour of our lives... She ruined without a thought in her in her mind. Just, there we go. Just rip it off like it's just another paper towel, you know? But <sighs> I promise you, Mike, it'll live on forever up here. <laughs> and it does. Some... All I got to bring up to any one of those people, Brandon, Chris, my brother, paper towel flag. They all get, you watch, watch their face light up with joy when, when I say that. It's, oh, yes. It's like Penny <laughs> hitting a half-court shot in the house. That's what it's Pretty like. Pretty remarkable. What yeah. were you gonna say, Mike? I was gonna say I was uh, I, for some reason while you were while you were telling that story, I was imagining that you guys had drawn some kind of like pirate flag, yeah, flag symbol, Jolly on Roger the, uh, on there, <laughs> on yeah, maybe like the first. Uh, we could have, we should have. Yeah. That would have added to it, Mike. Uh, but we didn't want to affect the organic nature of it unraveling sure, into sure. its full you know full bloom it's full adulthood yeah. as a flag you and know that's symbolism in and of itself right exactly I guess. Uh, yeah exactly I see. I see mike are you ready to make a thanksgiving memory for you for me for everyone listening right now yes let's fire up the show up and burning two one zero and lift off Woo! mike uh we have a fantastic show like i said we have the one the only krista makes from less than jake just a consummate professional this fella i mean my goodness they've been a band for 30 years it's crazy wow. to think but they've been a yeah. band for 30 years since 92 crazy <laughs> Crazy, yeah. and they're still just, I mean, they're touring. they got a tour coming up. They've got an album that they're going to be working on. He's got a fantastic podcast, and listeners, you can listen to two podcasts, so don't worry. It's not either ours or his. <laughs> you can do both, you know? True, And And True. if it comes down to me or his, it's it's ours. It's the Doc G show. Yeah, definitely ours. Don't tell him sure. that, but it's ours. Wait, what? Um... He's, it's fine. He's not going to listen to his own interview. That doesn't happen. Nope. Anyways, Mike, where do we need to start? Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Correct. Mike, uh, this is um, hmm. not the most... You'll probably get this person. They're not the most popular, but, uh, you know, uh, it's one of the... There, there weren't a ton of people I could choose for the 23rd of november so no offense hmm. to this person but uh she wouldn't be my first choice Girl, come on. but anywho let's talk to you real quick it was justin long there you justin go long. justin was, long i knew it was justin something i couldn't yeah. remember his last name yeah justin long uh do you remember his brother's name no 
Ted Justin Long. Long's brother. Ted Tim Long. <laughs> Ted Long. Uh, Okay, here we go, Mike. Born on November third or November twenty third, nineteen eighty seven. Our birthday suit wearer was born in Santiago, Chile, but she was adopted by an Italian American family in New Jersey. Our birthday suit wearer uh, graduated high school and went on to community college to become a veterinarian technician. Hmm. But in two thousand ten, she became a part of the cast of the show Jersey Shore. Mm. She was so popular that she became one of the most popular Halloween costumes of 2010. <laughs> In 2012, our birthday suit wearer and her co-star, Wow had their own spinoff reality TV show. She gave birth to her first child in 2013. Since becoming a mom, she hasn't had as many TV appearances, but she is currently hosting the show Messiness. It's another spinoff of Ridiculousness. And just a side note, she's four feet, eight inches tall. And wow. she's got an endorsement with Cheez-Its. Name Cheez-Its. that birthday suit wearer. Ah, I've, is it? Um... Think of the nickname. Think, I know you're not going to get the real yeah. name. I know. I definitely don't know the real name. But yeah, the nickname. She's the, I actually low-key had a crush on her. I know exactly who it is. I just forgot her name. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to waste any more time. Snooky. Snooky. Ah, Snooky. Nicole Polizzi. Snooky. Yes. 4 8. Holy Lord, that's teeny. 4 8. My gosh. I would like to walk around with her just to feel giant. I mean, no, <laughs> like nothing against her. Not trying to make her feel not giant. She knows how tall she is, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying. I'd walk around and be like, am I a center for an NBA team right now? I think I am. <laughs> I think I am. And then a tall guy would walk up and ruin my thoughts. And I'd be like, oh, come on. What are you doing, six five guy? Jeez. You're back down to point guard. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She's turning thirty-five, Mike. Thirty-five ah, for Snooky. Good age. Nice. Yeah, she's got I think she's got three kids now, I wanna say. She's got three. Good yeah. for her. She I I I I it was a very quick review, but I'll say by her uh Instagram. She seemed to be like a pretty good mom from what she was showing. Sweet. You know, like it wasn't it wasn't like ridiculous pictures of her just doing crap. There are a bunch of her her kids, you know, and their kids doing different activities and her being involved in her in those activities and I was like, "Hey, that's pretty good." You know? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not what you think of like a no. Jersey Shore cast yeah, member. Yeah, that's respectable. <laughs> she's she's not in jail and on seven yeah. different drugs. That's pretty great. Nice. Yeah, good for you her. know? That's so, right. So yeah, hats off to Snooky being from what I can tell from my five minute review of her Instagram, a good mom. Hats off to her there. I always liked her in the show. I I thought she was great in the show. I, I love Cheez Its. So I, I, I also, also love Cheez Its. You know. Hats off to her for that endorsement as well. Mike, are you ready to uh, rip a couple of headlines before we take a break? About to have kills. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. These, uh, uh, you know, we've only got, we only got time for two stories uh, before break, so I'll give you the choice. Uh, do you want to hear about Delaware, Mexico, 
a nine-year-old, bears, or Pizza Hut? Hmm. Well, my mom's from Delaware. And since this is like a family show right now, I'm going to go Delaware. What's going I like on in it. Delaware? I like <laughs> I it. It's like a appropriate. Uh, well, since matter. you chose it Delaware, I'm going to tell you about Tennessee first, mm, and then we're going to okay. go to the Delaware story. So cool. the Tennessee story is uh, about bears, Mike. Um, interesting story. So this is a news story from WJHL in Tennessee, and the title is, Can You Take Home... A dead bear found in Tennessee. Huh? <laughs> That's the title, Mike. Okay. Uh, and I got to be honest, it's concerning to me that there's at least one person that has seen a dead bear on the side of the road in Tennessee and been like, can I take that home? Can we Can we strap that on to the top of my hood and get on out of here? Like, who wants a dead bear on the side of the road, Mike? Hmm. Somebody with a somebody who's good at taxidermy. I don't know. Maybe uh, they want to make a rug. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't. I didn't think about a rug. That is true. Yeah, that like one a of those, nice like, big old bear. furry furry <laughs> rug. That's not bad. But regardless, Mike, the folks over at WJHL contacted Matthew Cameron at the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency for the answer to this burning question. And uh, Matthew said, in Tennessee, if you find roadkill big game animals, you're allowed to take them home and use them for personal consumption. Hmm. And we encourage that because if not, (laughs) they're just going to go to waste or feed the vultures and coyotes. Yeah. But there are some things you have to keep in mind if you want to take roadkill big game animals home. Hmm. He went on to say, bears, on the other hand, require that a TWRA agent come out on site and issue a receipt for the black bear you want to take home. Hmm. Okay. So on the, all the other big game, if you want to take home a dead deer on the side of the road or a dead turkey on the side of the road, you can just pack that up and go right home, Mike. Sweet. And then you call them up later and just say, hey, uh, just so you know, I uh, took a dead deer off the side of the road. And they'll be like, cool, no problem, right? But a bear, you got to get them to come out and check the bear out themselves before Mm. you take it home. Gotcha. Yes, very important. Then Cameron also said animals like rabbits raccoons, squirrels, and skunks can be taken home without any notification necessary. Ew. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. They're small and there's a lot of them, right? Mike, yes or no? Is there a person tonight in Tennessee eating a skunk they found dead on the side of the road? Yes. (laughs) Probably. Yikes. Yikes. I mean, I got... Hats off to the person that's doing that. Because, I mean, I got to say, they're all about conservation. That's nice, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're cleaning up the streets. They're not wasting anything. And they are they are really being resourceful, you know? Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, roadkill skunk just sounds like a gross <laughs> meal, Mike. That is not... Yeah, that is not... I. There is not enough seasoning in the world to make that... Uh, 
delicious. I don't. Uh, uh, Bear Grylls had a skunk on his show. He said it's quite. I think he. I remember he said it's quite delicious. Well, yeah, but he, he eats like skunk. testicles. And That's so, true. That's you know, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a skunk is a step up from that. Yeah, it's not like you're driving true. driving down the road and you're like, is that a canister of testicles? Yes. True. Pull over. We're eating good tonight. You know? <laughs> Anyways, Mike, so that's what's going on in Tennessee. If you uh, want to get yourself a dead bear, you can. Just call mm. them up. They'll come out, clear it for you, and you can go How home with that do bear. How these guys get out there? I mean, come on. You gotta, I'm guessing gotta they don't have too hours? much going on. Uh, <laughs> you know, but they, they, I, true, don't know true, how, true, true. I don't know how many stations they have, you know, over the state. Because it is a really long state. You know, like if they're if the, the main station's in Memphis and they got to drive all the way to Knoxville, that's going to take several hours to get yeah, there. Yeah, and then the and bear's gonna, not going to be as good as you're like as a carpet. Or well, that's always ride. been my wonder about that, the whole situation. You're like, am I really going to, like, how good am I at checking how long this animal has been dead on the side of the road, you know? Hmm. Like, you don't want to pick up a skunk that's been there four days. That's not, yikes. I mean, yeah. is, are you just going by smell? Do you just get out and you're like, doesn't sting that bad. It's got to be good, right? Am I right? Anyways, Mike, Delaware has a different animal problem. Mm. The uh, Delaware Department of Agriculture is warning residents of an increase in feral pot-bellied pigs in the state. Word. Uh-oh. Yeah. Apparently, there has been a sharp increase in the number of pot-bellied pigs roaming on the loose in the state since 2016. And, mm. and apparently, they think all of this is from people just getting them as pets and then realizing, I don't want a big pig. Nah. And then they just let it out. They just mm. let it go. Stacy Hoffman of the Department of Agriculture said they're often sold as teacup pigs. And then the ender ends uh, the buyer ends up being surprised when the pigs grow up to 200 pounds. And they're like, "Oh, I've got a moody pig on my hands that weighs 200 pounds. I don't want this thing in my house anymore." Nope. And uh, like animal rescue shelters don't want these animals because they don't have the facilities to take them on. But they're not considered food animals, so livestock option uh, auctions won't take them either. So hmm. then, you know, the person's just like, all right, well, I guess I'll just let it out of my house, see a pig, and then they just sort of let it out, you know, down the street yeah. somewhere. Now, Mike, I'm just spitballing here. But, and stop me if you uh, don't agree with this, but I say get a couple of trucks, round up as many pigs as you can, take them down to Tennessee, they'll gladly eat them. Yeah, they I will. mean, compared to three-day-old skunk off the road, that pig's <laughs> yeah, going to be pretty true. delicious. Not going to be that bad. And I was, I was thinking about this story, Mike, and... When you think of pigs, right, there are two, like, popular names for different types of pigs that I can mm -hmm. really think of. Potbelly pigs and then razorbacks. Razorbacks. Yeah, like the mascot of the University of Arkansas. You know, they're, the, yeah. they're Arkansas okay. razorbacks. And I've, and I've, I've never actually heard that term. Yeah, it's a, it's a term. Yeah. 
The Razorbacks. They got they've got uh they've got like fur <clears throat> that sticks up on their spine. It looks yeah. like razors. That's oh. where it comes from. Uh, and I don't know if there. I, I was thinking about this. I don't know if there's another animal that has two species with two names that are that far apart. <laughs> yeah, very true. Right? Like, yeah, that's like having a killer shark and an out of shape worthless shark. And you're like, oh, <laughs> oh my god, the out of shape worthless shark is coming this way. Like, just you got to be pretty upset if you're the pot belly pig and you're like, hey, hey, I'm intimidating. Come on, I'm I'm right there with the razor. Nope, you are nah. a pot-bellied, obese, worthless Overweight. pig. <laughs> like just, just you're a sad. soft animal. Yeah, yeah, just sad for those guys. Anyways, Mike, we are gonna take a break. We are gonna hear from our guest. This is less than Jake with the history of a boring town right here on the Doc G Show. Talk to this girl. Used to live yeah on my street. Whoa. After all these years, you're here. You remember me She said her old boyfriend Packed up and headed back He's not boring Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP, 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do to have a fantastic Thanksgiving, to complete it, to be the cherry on top or whatever you put on top of a Thanksgiving meal? Yeah, Doc G, that's easy. They need to subscribe to the show. They need to subscribe to the show, follow the show, and then also leave us a nice rating, just a nice Thanksgiving rating. Amen. Five out of five. Five five out of five Five out of five. Amen. And you can leave it and be like, here are my top three Mm, memories. That's That's my comment. Go F yourself, Mike and Ben. And we won't care if you say that at the end. If you had a five-star rating and you put down your memories, we'll yeah, actually take that sure. as a compliment when you put, we'll, pay, we'll, we'll think that's such a compliment because we know you listened to the show all the way up to this point and then put in the effort to write a review and give us five stars. Yeah. And we'll be, be like, incredible. Y- you know what? You will be the greatest listener of this show of all time if you do that. <laughs> Just to go True. ahead and throw that out there. Yeah. Um, Mike, we need to thank those regular listeners. Are you ready to thank those regular listeners? Yes. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Jittawa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, and Los Angeles, California. Nice. Woo! Regulars. I, I, that one took me a little bit of a warm-up. Slowed down on Frankfurt, Germany. Got a little tripped up on Anoka, but then I hit my stride. 
I hit yeah, my stride. It was like did. it's like a marathon runner on the tenth mile, Mike. I was like, mm-hmm. I got it now. I'm yes. in the zone. Let's pacing. get this thing done. Yep. Woo! Thank you to the regular <laughs> listeners, Mike. I saw uh, Pirakai was a little bit higher than they normally were in the number of their listens. I appreciate that. Thank also, you, Pirakai. Also, Boardman, Oregon was a little bit higher than they normally are, and I appreciate that. You know, mm-hmm. they were just getting we it done. You. Just getting it done. Thanks to everybody that listens. Uh, keep keep your Thanksgivings magical. Um, Mike, semi-regulars. Here's here's the semis. Shout out. Shout out to Panama City, Florida. Brisbane, Australia. Mm. Paris, France. Galloway, Ohio. Chicago, Illinois. Buenos Aires, Argentina. New Ta- uh, uh, Taipei, Taiwan. Whole United Kingdom, Kayseri, uh, uh, Turkey, Mesa, Arizona, Melbourne, Australia, Harare, Zimbabwe, uh, Delhi, India, Bakersfield, California, Las Vegas, Nevada, hey. Unkel, Germany, and Spartansburg, South Carolina. There we there go. We go. Shout out. I did enjoy... Our worldwide semi-regulars there, Mike. I mean, that that was about as around the world as we can get. We had, yeah. we had uh, Australia twice. We had Africa with Zimbabwe. We had Europe with Paris. And uh, I think there was another, uh, Germany. Then we had Asia with Taiwan. I mean, we were just, we were all over. Worldwide. Worldwide. <laughs> and we appreciate the worldwide listen. We definitely uh, do. Did I tell you the depressing reason my dad uh, suggested that we have so many uh, listeners uh, internationally? Hmm. Mm, I can't wait to hear why. I can't wait. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we got, we, got a bunch of, we got a bunch of international listeners. It's awesome. And my dad was like, you know what? They're probably just like practicing their English, you know? Like, they just want to hear somebody that is from the United States, and they're like, <laughs> okay, that's what it sounds like. And I was like, so nothing to do with our content. Nope. No. No, mm-hmm. nothing at all with the content. Just practicing English. It's yeah. basically a textbook for them. Oh. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. All right. Well, if that's the case, listeners, we still appreciate you using us as a textbook. Thank you. Yeah, and I apologize for my horrible speaking well uh, yeah ability. i was about to say both <laughs> like, of us are making you dumber as far as english speakers english. yeah barely know it the way we are speaking on this show people will classify you as ignorant if you come to america they'll be like yeah. oh this person doesn't know how to talk this and guy. they'll be like i hey, learned from the doc g show oh never do that <laughs> do not don't no do don't do that listen to a podcast from the new york times please yeah don't yeah, don't definitely. listen to them uh mike thank you to all the listeners of yes. the doc g show we definitely you, appreciate it whether you're learning english or whether you're actually listening for a purpose of enjoyment mm-hmm. we appreciate both Yes. Mike, we need to cover we a couple of things that we uh, we missed on the last week's show. Last yes. week's show. I love it. I love this. Previously on the Doc G Show. Previously on the Doc G Show. Mike, last week on the show we were talking about coffee. And we started mm. talking about where you could essentially suck on coffee grinds like it was <laughs> chewing tobacco. <laughs> 
And I suspected there there were multiple companies that sell this product. And you know what? I was right. You were I right. Found, I found multiple companies that sell product uh, that sell this product. Uh, Grinds coffee pouches. Uh, uh, coffee bacoff. Uh, <laughs> chew coffee dip. All of these are different companies that sell this product, Mike. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I was mildly interested. I was especially mildly interested. Now, most of them sell it as a alternative to chewing tobacco, you know? So, yeah, uh, oh, okay. uh, obviously a much, a much healthier version. But you get, just like you were talking about, about making your coffee, you, you're still in the habit of actually doing it. It's just not the nicotine and everything else that you're getting there. Right. So, uh, but I was interested in one of them. They had all kinds of crazy different flavors. Like, you know, they actually had, like, flavors like uh, like tobacco. They had wintergreen <laughs> and, you know, spearmint. And I was like, huh, I, I think I'd like to try, like, spearmint coffee. What, what would that be like? I mean, what are you getting there, you know? That's pretty wild. I don't know if I like that, yeah. It's I weird. Know. I might, I might yeah. be disgusted by it when I first try it, but, you know, it's, it's out there. They yeah. also had other things like cinnamon. They also had chocolate. No. So, you cinnamon. know. Cinnamon. No. No. Okay. No, not cinnamon. Maybe chocolate. I can see chocolate, but cinnamon. I guess cinnamon and coffee kind of. Meh. People make this. You know, yeah, pumpkin spice this. weird shit, You know, yeah. things like that. And, Essentially, and, yeah. Anyways, Mike, it's out there. If you want to try that instead of drinking What's coffee one day. What's that again, Doc G? What's it I called? would say the one that had the most options was Grind's Coffee Pouches. Grind's Coffee Pouches. Gotcha. Yeah. And and just for so the listeners know, all of these actually have just the little packs that you put in your mouth, so you're yeah. not just putting in a, a just a pile of coffee grounds loose in there. Interesting. Um, Ew. Okay, Mike. Other thing here on the previously on the Doc G Show segment. A couple of weeks ago, I gave you the headline about deer hunters that received over seventy thousand dollars in fines, and I flippantly told you. I wasn't interested in how they received these fines. And you correctly pointed out, uh, we need to know why. Girl, come on! And mm-hmm. you're correct, Mike. So I went in and I found out why. Uh, Mike, this was one of the largest white-tailed deer commercialization cases in Ohio history. Wow. Yeah. And who I... I know I don't need to tell you about the long, elaborate details of white-tailed deer commercialization cases in Ohio. I know you're an expert (laughs) of those, so I'm not even going to go into that. But, Mike, this investigation, which concluded in February 2020, they actually weren't uh, charged with anything until just recently. But it concluded in February 2020, focused primarily on A&E deer processing in Galea County. Hmm. It included five search warrants in Galea County by Division of Wildlife officials. And according to ODNR, over a thousand items were seized, including venison, venison processing equipment, deer harvest records, deer mounts, antlers, hunting implements, a stolen rifle, firearm suppressors, and a moonshine still. Hmm. Those were all things uh, seized from A&E deer processing in Galea County. 
And it was determined the operators of A&E were falsely game-checking deer, creating false deer harvest records, falsifying deer tags, exceeding deer hunting limits, and stealing venison from customers who bring their deers in for processing. Right, so they kill a deer, they bring it into A and E processing, right. and they're supposed to give them the meat. And apparently, A and E was like, "We're just going to keep half of this meat." Girl, come on! And didn't tell the customers. Uh, the uh, the seizing they they uh, found an estimated two thousand pounds of venison. Wow! Which. <laughs> As they put in the uh, the article, was laundered into summer sausage and sold for profit. Hmm. Huh? Sounds delicious, actually. I don't know. I've <laughs> tried venison once. It was it was all right. Well, I'll try it. Well, uh, as I mentioned in the original headline, Mike, once everyone was fined at the uh, the store, it came out to seventy thousand dollars of fines, Mike. Yeah. I'm going to say, I don't know what the black market venison rates are these days, but I've got a feeling it's definitely not worth $70,000. I got <laughs> I got a feeling they did not come out on top with their 2,000 pounds of summer sausage venison. Just a, just a thought. Doubt it. Yeah, yeah, I doubt it. Just a thought. Mike. But, uh, moonshine, on the other hand... I don't know. It's I don't profitable. know. Uh, who knows how much they were making? Maybe it was just yeah, for like show, you know? I don't know. I don't know. They also didn't say know. how big the still was. And uh, they didn't yeah, seize so. any actual moonshine. It was just the still. Yeah, so. they didn't list that, yeah. Anyways, Mike, last hmm. week we had a story about a fella who happened to have purchased a wild owl at a gas station. Sweet. Um, yes. Which led us to the conversation of what sounds do owls make? And you were under the impression that all owls are doing your typical hoot, uh, which all owls do not typically hoot. They have all they kinds not. of crazy sounds. And I said, Mike, we need to know these sounds, which ultimately led me to create the one-time segment, Know Your Owl Calls. <laughs> so, Mike, awesome. I have sent you... A uh, a sound clip of seven yes. different owls, seven different owls that live here in uh, North America. So they're all over North America, not all in our area or your area in Las Vegas. They're all mm -hmm. over the country. But I want you to hear this vast array, and of course, we're going to play it for the uh, the listeners while you're listening to it. So what I want you to do first, take it all the way back to the beginning of the uh, um, uh, segment and listen to the first one. Give me give okay. me a listen to your first one there. Very nice. Very soothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can fall asleep to this owl next to my window. Now, I will say uh, that is the barred owl. Now, barred that's, owl. that's a subdued barred owl. That when they get when they get uh, hooting hard, it's like I said they turn a little monkeyish when they get really excited. Uh, okay. Now that's their low key though, you know, and all you hear is just woo hoo woo hoo woo like you know yeah. that's what that's what it, it, it sort of was. But when they get really jazzed, it's a little frightening. Now, did you get to your next sound there? 
All right. Do you want me to play it? Next yeah. sound. Go ahead and play it. It's going to be frightening. <laughs> yeah, this is not pleasant. Right? That was that. that is not, not pleasant. That was a barn owl. B-A-R-N. So that's the kind that is in a barn. And I yeah, got to be honest. Like was, that's uh, terrifying, right? Yeah. Sounds like it was going through like an exorcism or something. Yeah. It's a very, that is a, that is that is a horror movie sound right there. You open yeah, up is. the cabinet and all of a sudden that thing comes flying <laughs> out and you're like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> so just in case you're wondering, listeners, what owl should I own? Not a barn owl. That is not, not one owl. you want. Okay, Mike, next one. This one's actually pretty nice. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds awesome. That's I could also fall asleep to this owl. Yeah. Now that one is an eastern screech owl. Which I really, you know, the screech part, you're like, eh? eh. It sounds more like a, you know, a willowy, uh, you know, yeah. sort of a... Uh, off in the distance kind of thing. I gotta. It's not too screechy, you know. I mean, if you're giving me the idea between a a barn owl and an eastern screech owl, I gotta be honest. The barn owl wins the title of screech much more, you know. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Now that's more like just a very good whistle. Next one, Mike. Next one. Oh, okay. I think I hear it. Yeah, it's a very pretty, low... Pretty low. Oh, yeah. Yeah, low... Uh, yeah, low hoot. Just like low subdued. More. Yes. Yeah. If you want to take a look at him a little bit later, he's a pretty wild-looking owl, too. That is the that is the great gray owl. The great gray the great owl. Gray owl. He's pretty huge, and he's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, a ba I remember over the the pandemic. Well, actually, it wasn't over the pandemic. It was this. Uh, it was this year. There was a there was a wildlife photographer up in the the Arctic taking pictures, and one of these guys just landed on his camera, like literally as he's taking it, it just comes and flies down, just like just like he's a tree, just like yep, this is where I'm sitting. Just, <laughs> it's pretty. You got to check out the pictures. It's yeah, pretty I wild. Yeah, I definitely want to see. I definitely want to see that. Okay, Mike. Next one. Hit the next one. This is your most typical owl sound, right? Okay. Is that your most yeah. typical owl sound right there? Yeah, I would say that's like yeah, regular owl. That regular. and and that's what that's that's all over uh, North America. That is the great horned owl right there two more mike La uh, next uh, second to last play that one this one's gonna be a little scary yeah that sounds like a dinosaur that, that like was dinosaur. northern hawk owl that one means business <laughs> mike last no one way. mike play the last one <laughs> It's not horrible though, right? I mean, it's still better than the the northern hawk owl. Yeah, definitely. That's nice. That's a pleasant uh, owl that's, sound. That's the kind of owl that he bought from the gas station. That's oh, a western okay. screech owl right there. Now, if you're telling me that's what you're hearing and you got a little fella that you can hang out with, come on, who doesn't want that? Who's not buying that for $100? Come on. I think it's a good deal. Personally, 
I mean, I'm I'm not recommending it uh, no. because it's illegal. But at the same time, I would be hard pressed not to do it. That's a fact. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. I would be too. Western I Screech think. Owl, Mike. There you go, listeners. Thanksgiving miracle. You have learned all of your owl sounds. You are now well versed in owls. Mike, I've only got two quick hitters. Are you ready for them? Yes. Okay, here's the headline out of Minnesota. Quote, driver shot twice in the butt in Twin Cities road rage incident. Huh? Hmm. That was the actual headline, Mike. And I gotta say, you got a shot, right? Yeah, it is. And I gotta say, you gotta tip your hat to the authors of the article by just making such a serious incident seem so minimal. Like (laughs) it's like they were sitting there, like, how should we let readers know that a driver in Minnesota attempted to murder another driver by seriously wounding him all over just some road range? I got it. We'll say he got shot in the butt twice. There we go. Yep. Okay. That's a good, <laughs> good headline. Um, Mike, we got a headline here out of AP News. Quote, Lyft drivers spread the gospel with ride-hailing ministries. Huh? I'm confused. And it's got... it. Uh, if you read on in this article, Mike, it's literally about a, a husband and wife that are Lyft drivers that talk about Jesus in their Lyft when people get in there. Yeah. That's not going to work yeah. for me. Yeah, no. No. Now, I will give the the one guy credit. He says he if, you know, if they're another religion, he moves on to other things. He'll just talk about love and whatnot. But Mike... Right. I can tell you right now, Jesus himself could get in that lift. And if he heard <laughs> these people, he'd be like, oh, my dad, give it a rest. Good yeah, Lord, I don't need to hear this. <laughs> like, There's not on. a no talk option on Lyft. Is that is that Uber only where you can ask for them not to talk? I usually select that option if I'm if I, if it's in the morning airport run, you know, but. That does see. I mean, like, it's nice, but it also just seems sort of mean, you know. Like, I mean, it's not, it's, it's just so antisocial. I would click yeah. it too. Don't get me wrong. But um, <laughs> just like, oh, like, I don't want to talk to you. Also, is there a not look at me uh, request? <laughs> yeah, don't look at me either. Anyways, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than Chris makes of Less Than Jake right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. 
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are very excited to have founding member of Less Than Jake, host of the Chris DeMakes, a podcast, Mr. Chris DeMakes. Chris, how are you, sir? Fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I am doing great. Uh, as I informed you before we came on the show, super, super exclusive club you are in, the seventh guest on the Doc G Show Thanksgiving special. And, nice. And our 300th episode. 300th. You, you, really? you, yes, yes. Very excited about it. And since, since I brought it up, I guess it's obligatory at this point. Are you a Thanksgiving guy? Thanksgiving guy. Um, I've missed a lot of Thanksgivings uh, due to due to being on the road with the band. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've had Thanksgiving uh, in, in Canada and, and uh, other countries where they they you know don't don't observe it. So, um, but yeah, I'm a Thanksgiving guy. I like to get with family and eat a bunch of food and pass out in front of the TV watching football. Yeah. <laughs> Nice, nice. Well, I mean, do you have, I mean, since you're bringing up all those sort of travel memories of Thanksgiving, do you have a favorite? Can you think of one that sticks out as far as just Thanksgiving that you were like, either either, either a favorite or a weird one that you were just like, what kind of Thanksgiving is this? This is the weirdest uh, thing. Yeah, I spent Thanksgiving 2003 in D.C., with Tommy Two Tone of all people, he sang the song eight six seven five yeah. three nine. So yeah, <laughs> nice. That's a good yeah. way to spend a. Th I I would be psyched about that Thanksgiving. That's it was, it was a very strange bill. It was us, uh, Fallout Boy, this band Punchline uh, from Pittsburgh, and Punchline's bass player is the producer of my yeah uh, song podcast, Frisophalius, and Tommy Two Tone. It was a four band bill. Yeah. Man, yeah, you've 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 been on a couple. Less than Jake's been on a couple of those interesting amalgamations of bands that you're like, all right, all right, I'll listen to all of those. I like all of those. Doesn't really not the same genre, but I'll get on board. Yeah, yeah, we kind of felt you know early on that uh, you know we loved playing with punk and and ska bands and you know people in our in our world. But, you know, we knew there was a lot of people that we, you know, or we thought there was people we could possibly connect with that were outside of our scene. And that's why we, we tried to, you know, change it up and play with different kinds of bands. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, now you're living in, in Knoxville, Tennessee now. Are you are, yeah. are you staying there for Thanksgiving or going somewhere else? Nope. I'll be here for Thanksgiving. And then five days later, I leave for a tour starting in Athens, Georgia. Right. Right. At the 40 watt. Nice. Nice. Yep. Uh, what now? So obviously Knoxville world of difference from, from the swamp where it all started. Crazy to think that it's been 30 years since that, that starting point, as far as less than Jake, I want to ask as far as just sort of like, you know, you were just mentioning sort of the genre that you guys were in. And I know you've had all kinds of musical influences uh, getting started. You know, I've heard you talk about Iron Maiden and Metallica and the more sort of rock side of it. And then, of course, you guys had all kinds of ska influences, Fishbone and, and Mighty Mighty Ballstones and Snuff. Uh, when, when you guys started Less Than Jake, did you have a specific sound that you knew you wanted to hear, like you were like, this is this is it. Um, you know, I think that one of the bands uh, two come to mind. Uh, one was Operation Ivy, 
Um, and they actually came probably second to Screeching Weasel. They were kind of the first band. And it was just, Screeching Weasel was kind of my Ramones. You know, I got into the Ramones later. You know, I was kind of too young the, the first go around yeah. with them. But Screeching Weasel was kind of like uh, my Ramones. And we were just kind of trying to model three chord punk rock songs with cool little little licks, guitar licks that, that were super catchy. And, uh, you know, that was kind of, kind of, where our heads were at and then Operation Ivy. And then of course you mentioned Snuff, they had a trombone player and we were like, hmm, maybe you can add some horns. And during this time we were listening to, as you mentioned, Fishbone and, and Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and you know a lot of the, the original two-tone bands like the Specials. And we were just kind of throwing all these influences in a pot. And remember we were, you know, North Florida in, in the early nineties was not a hotbed for, for you know, ska, ska music. So no. uh, we definitely, Definitely stood out like a sore thumb. <laughs> well, now, uh, when Roger joined the band, when he joined uh, Less Than Jake, y you guys started to sort of harmonize your voices. Uh, and, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you know, it's a it's a cornerstone, obviously, of Less Than Jake, of, of hearing you guys sort of go together over the choruses and... and yeah. Did I mean? Did you see that before, or was that something that once Roger joined the band, you're like, "Oh man, this is awesome. We can we can play off of each other as far as singing." Oh yeah, he was the he was the missing piece. You know, we we had only existed as a band for about six months before he joined. So um, the idea for the band was there for probably about a year before he joined. But we had another guy with us for a while, and he didn't sing. He he just played the bass. And I had met Roger. Um, Around, around the beginnings with the other bass player when we, we were playing live. I had met Roger through through a friend, through a roommate. She had met him on at some party on campus and said, hey, you should check out this guy. He plays really good guitar. And uh, by chance, he had come over to our apartment one night and, uh, you know, we just immediately took to it. We just started singing together almost from the get-go. And um, then we ended up moving in together and, and he joined the band and, and we were constantly singing. We, we weren't attending classes at UF. We were enrolled, <laughs> but we, we were, we were home, uh, we were home honing, honing our craft. Yeah. I, so in those early days, I, I love this. I heard you talking about it in another interview and I was like, this, this got me psyched. I, I don't know how you responded to it, but the, the first the first thing you guys put out, you put it out a seven-inch uh, uh, record on No Idea Records in Gainesville, and the the right. the co-owner of No Idea told you that less than Jake sounded like if the outfield went punk, and like and <laughs> yeah. and I love the song. I mean, you know, Your Love by the Outfield is like one of my favorite '80s songs there is. But when you heard that, was were I mean, like, was that an awesome description to you or were you like no oh. oh no that was great that was great i think he also said we, i sound like the singer from the alarm i don't know mm -hmm. if you know that yeah and uh i took it as a comment he he didn't mean it as a dig i think some of the the you know punks and gainesville might have taken that as oh that's that's you know a bad thing but i was all about it i love the outfield and then we were kind of you know never ashamed of our our influences we kind of wore them on our sleeve you know we we professed our love for Iron Maiden as much as we did the Descendants or, you know, anything else. Yeah, well, and that, I mean, that's what I was I was going to go into is like, that's one of the things that I really sort of uh, think is awesome about Less Than Jake is that you guys, I mean, you, you came up in the 90s 
as far as, as as getting bigger and bigger as a band, and you, you look at all the other sort of contemporaries during that time, as far as just music in general, the, the Pearl Jams, the Nirvanas, the Sound Gardens, Green Days, Offsprings, there wasn't much, a, a lot of uh, stage fun. They're all sort of serious on stage, you know, and it's just playing music and, and that's it. But you guys... You had a lot of fun on stage. You guys were having the fun of like Poison and Van Halen on stage. <laughs> w was most of the stage stuff organic, or or was it pre-planned? Like, did you like go in and like, hey, we're gonna, we should do some of this on stage. We should do some of this, or was it just like it happened? Yeah, it was always meant to be a spectacle. You know, really what it was about was just getting noticed. I, I think in the back of our minds when we first started, we knew we weren't really that good yet. We weren't proficient as players. We, you know, we were trying to figure out our live show. So a lot of it was, I think, the cover up for our inadequacies as musicians. At least it was for me. So I'd, I'd walk in wearing a wig that looked realistic. I would have found it at a thrift store that day. And then that graduated to full costumes at some point. And, you know, we used to go to the thrift stores around Gainesville and and go up to the, the clerk behind the counter and go, hey, dude, I'll, I'll give you a 10 spot if you let me just fill this bag with every stuffed animal you got in here. Yeah, go ahead. You know, <laughs> we take the stuffed animal. At the end of the night, the venues, there'd be, you know, uh, stuffing, you know, in, in, in styrofoam two feet deep around the whole venue. So it was, it was all about having a good time. You know, we melded our influences of those big 80s shows with uh, with the punk rock and 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 the scoffing, albeit on a on a shoestring budget. And, and so you guys, I mean, that's one of the things is like I feel like there was some, you you know, there was negativity obviously in some of the '90s bands, especially when you talk about like who got categor categorized as grunge with uh -huh. with that '80s stuff. But it's like you uh -huh. said, you guys were sort of like, no, we like some of those bands. They're fun. Why not listen to them? Yeah, you know, I, I I think that was one of the things that, again, especially being in Florida at that point, and there was a lot of the, you know, you can see it with anything. I mean, anything becomes popular to think, you know, certain people will latch onto it. So it was a lot of what you would call grunge bands or alternative bands, just kind of staring at their shoes and not saying anything between songs like, hey, we're so-and-so band and this song is and wasn't, you know, and that's fine. I saw plenty of bands like that that knocked my socks off that yeah. were great. That was perfect for them. And we were just, you know, we just wanted to have a good time and, and be as ridiculous as we could to make people remember the show. And our motto was, you know, if, if, if at least, if they hate you, leave them talking about you. Make them remember you for some reason. So, well, Now, you mentioned it. Like, I mean, the big sort of shtick at the start, one of the things was you dressing up, sort of making a, a, a character. And yeah. really, one of the big things is folks in the audience having no clue before the show. You walking right. around sort of in the audience and them just going, who is this weirdo? You know, and then yeah. you jumping on stage and going... Surprise, I'm the lead yeah. singer. Do you have any in your head top characters? Like as far as the, the things you dressed up as that you were just oh like, yes. I, I, did, I did everything from baseball players to uh, truck drivers. And when I say baseball player, it wasn't like, you know, a Chicago White Sox shirt and a, and a ball cap and, and, the, and the rest is just whatever. It was full on cleats, stirrups, pants, belt the glove in the the batter's glove in the back pocket 
the the you know makeup under the eyes yeah uh the, the fake chewing tobacco in in the side of the mouth it was a full baseball i could have walked on on the field and you would have thought i was a ball player so that was the whole thing is like what what is going on this this guy just come from softball practice and i was on the stage <laughs> i i feel i feel like the other i feel like the trucker ones and and things like that would be more fun just because like the the audience could be like who this guy why is he at this show what is this whereas the baseball player it's more just like does this guy have issues? Like, is this guy like? <laughs> well, there was a guy. I think. I think there was a little bit of that with every character, and the characters were bore out of boredom. You know, we were driving around in a van. It was before smartphones. You know, there was only so many cassettes or CDs to listen to in the van. You've heard them all. You're you're looking. You're you're in Lawrence, Kansas, switching on the FM station, seeing what's on. You're bored, and we'd pull into a town and we'd be there two hours before the doors were going to open. And inevitably, where all the old punk rock clubs were, it was kind of in the rundown part of town where you'd have a Salvation Army and a thrift store over here. So you'd just be walking around and like, I'd walk in and be like, huh, there's a baseball uniform over there for five bucks, you know, and I would buy it. Or there was a wig at this one. And I started collecting stuff and it turned into, I had five or six full like huge tubs that you'd like buy at Walmart or Target. Yeah. Uh, filled filled with costumes that I was lugging around the country and uh, the world at some point. Now, do you <laughs> do you still have those or did you go ahead and get rid of those? Okay, so here's the thing. I never had a wardrobe person. Again, we were on a, a beyond a shoestring budget. Right. Um, and the the outfits never got cleaned. There was mildew on them. They 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 smelled so bad. I'd walk in the dressing room. The guys would be like, "Dude, you you got to get away from us. You you just smell like a dead animal." So there was a contest in the UK, um, probably about twenty years ago now, for Kerrang magazine. Yeah. And Kerrang, like the UK's version of Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah. Let's say. And uh, <laughs> there was a contest to win Chris from Less Than Jake's costumes. And this poor little girl, like 16-year-old girl, <laughs> pulls up with her mother in like this tiny hatchback, okay? And they re I realized at that point, well, they can't take the bins. So we're just like, getting handfuls, you know, of clothes and shoving it in this hatchback. They drove away. It looked like an episode of Hoarders on Wheels. And uh, <laughs> they got back to their house. They're like, I can't breathe. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know what whatever happened. I'm, I'm assuming they wound up in a garage or a shed on the property. And at some point, the dad was like, no, this is out of here. You got to wonder what you're going to do with all of them. I mean, you know, one, two, that's cool. But you get you get a hundred costumes. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was there was tons of stuff. I had boots. I had shoes. I had, you know, it was. Uh, it makes it easy for you, though. Here, we're done with this. You, you take yeah. it. <laughs> and it got to the point where, you know, for me, and it's funny, the, it was hard for the band to get an identity back then. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't use our last names. So it's taken me the better part of the last five years to promote Chris DeMakes, like for the podcast. Like, yeah. who's that? It's like, he's a singer for Less Than Jake. Oh, Chris from Less Than Jake. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're familiar with the genre or the band. They know them, but they didn't know the last name. And the other thing was our identity. Like 
And it wasn't just me. Some of the other guys would throw wigs on too. So you get photographers come out. It's like, well, who's that guy? Wait, wait. And, and in the pictures, it would look like it was some trucker on stage with, yeah. a, with, a, with, a, with a Fender Telecaster strumming away. So um, it got to the point where I was, I was tired of wearing the costumes. And I was approaching 30 years old. And I was looking at this like, I don't know. This, um, you know, Do it I seemed keep a little. This? Yeah. Yeah, it, it mostly had to do with the, they were uncomfortable, they stunk, and I just wanted to be comfortable on stage. And so it was a new era for the band, but but it worked. It worked well. It worked for sure, for sure. Well, now I I wish we had time to sort of just go over the, the whole the whole lifetime of less than Jake. But of course, I mean, uh, it's like we said, thirty plus years. And if if uh, listeners want to do that, I would say one of the best ways to do it is your book. You came out with a book uh, last year, Blast from the Past. It's such a cool book because uh, basically it's a picture book. It goes through your whole sort of career, just stream of conscious style. You've just got pictures from all over the career. Every single page is a new picture. And uh, I wanted I wanted to just go through a couple of good memories I pulled out of there. I don't, and okay. I, I don't think you need to see the picture. I can just give you a synopsis and you'll know what I'm talking about. But I sure. wanted you to sort of sum it up for for the listeners as far as sort of what was going on or or who they were. And the first one in the book is is, uh, is Howie, Howie Reynolds, uh, a.k.a. <laughs> the old dude. So you've got, you've got a little description of him, and he's, of course— on one of your albums and he was he was a big deal at the beginning of less than jake just mm -hmm. i mean he seems like such an awesome dude and such one of those random characters you meet <sighs> just give us a little synopsis of howie who he was where'd you meet him that kind of deal i'm out of the pool with less than jake's first drummer Vinny. Mm -hmm. we're having beers it's a i don't know it was summer in Gainesville. Might have been a weekday, might have been a weekend. And, you know, there was other college students out there, male and female. And all of a sudden, I look over and there's this older man comes in. Turns out he was 73 years old, Howie Reynolds. And Howie walks in to the pool area. And one of my neighbors, he starts chasing her around. And she's like, ah! He's like, ooh, let me, he's trying to grab her butt or whatever he's doing. She's like running around and, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And she's like, he's harmless. It's just Howie. <laughs> I'm like, so, so we start talking to this guy and he was hilarious from the get go. Well, you know, I was 20 at the time and, you know, we were, we'd have parties over at the house and it, at the apartment and it'd be, you know, 50, 60 people and keg on the porch and Howie would be there. 73 years old, just hanging with us. And he just became our friend, you know, and he would go to shows with us. We threw him in the van. I took him to Jacksonville one time and to, to, to do a show at the Milk Bar. And yeah, he just, he was just our friend. And then he started doing spoken word. He would get up at our shows and, and talk. And and we had a hidden track on Losing Streak before yeah. the song Automatic that, that how he did a little monologue. And he used to be in theater back in the day. So he was very eccentric and he had these just flamboyant, just, huge qualities about him and he was just a ball of life man good 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 part of the good part of the lesson jake's story everybody needs a howie in there in their yeah. stage show i feel like another another uh and this sort of goes to what we were talking about before at the start as far as uh influences there uh there's a picture of you from 97 and it's in las vegas and you're you you're meeting quiet riot uh yeah 
and I just, uh, you know, you said that was your first album there that you had as far as, like, you got Quiet Riot's uh, cassette, and you were just going through that thing. How excited were you? Like, It's, it's unbelievable. It's like, you know, 14, 15 years after I got that record. My mom bought me that album in 1983, the cassette of, mm -hmm. of Metal Health, Quiet Riot. And they were, I think they were the first heavy metal band to have a number one yeah. single or number one album on the Billboard charts. So I'm getting ready to, to sound check. We were on tour with the Descendants. We were playing the joint in Las Vegas. And I look out and four guys are walking towards the stage and, it, and it's all four members of Quiet Riot. I'm like, what is going on? You know, and turns out they were playing there the next night. I may have known they were playing there the next night, but they got in town early and they just walked in the building. They were playing the same room the next night. And I went up to them and just said, hey, could, you know, nice to meet you guys. Can I get a picture? And they, they obliged and it was great. Man. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, and they didn't like your winger shirt. Is what you're wearing. <laughs> you Come on, winger. Come 80, on, you can like winger. 80s guys, 80s guys were very sensitive about anybody my age at that point, 23 yeah. years old, wearing that kind of shirt. Oh, That's they're making true. fun of me. They're taking the piss out of me. And that wasn't the case at all. Yeah. I love them. I wore those shirts proudly. Yeah. <laughs> but, and now another one, and this, this goes back to your, uh, to the um, uh, costumes on stage. And this was one of my favorite costumes that I saw, a pretty random one. I think this was from when you opened for Bon Jovi. Uh, you were wearing, it, it, it's sort of hard to describe. You had this massive wig on, and the wig sort of looks like, for the listeners, like Ted Nugent in like 76. Like it's this yeah. curly, long hair, and then you've got a halter top on that says Fat Chicks with a, with a cross out on it. And obviously... This is just to be a disgusting dude because you've also got just these tight white jeans on and your, stu your stomach hanging out. And uh, I just, I, I, on the caption, you explain how basically you were grossing the people out. And I don't, it seems like they didn't get your costume. Like they didn't no. understand the point of it. They, I don't think I understood the point of it. It was, again, it was really about getting a reaction. Um, it's nothing I would do today. I would, wouldn't wear a shirt that, that said, said yeah. that on it. Um, you know, we're, we're in different times. Um, I, I wouldn't want to make anybody feel bad. However, um, I was young. I was a punk rocker. I was, you know, going against the grain, anything to, to get a ruffle feathers, basically. You know, we, 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 we ticked off a lot of people. We were good guys, but when we knew we had, it's like, Hey, we can't swear tonight. We're here, you know, and, and the, the, you know, the, the local authorities are going to show up then we'd swear twice as much yeah. that was just what that was what we did we were young and so um but yeah that particular outfit it, it turned heads man I, I would i would put that on an hour before we'd play and i would cruise the the arena in it okay <laughs> and i'd have my guy behind me film me i'd walk through catering and you just see people just what is going on? Because I never wore the same outfit twice. The next night I'd be the baseball player. Yeah. Or the next night I'd be the heavy metal rocker from the 80s. So, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, with that one, it's obvious. Like, you are that guy that doesn't realize he's disgusting. Take yeah. a look in the mirror. That's the, the character. But, like, yeah, the, the, the audacity of me to look that way. Gut yeah. hanging out. The jeans, I had to lay on my back to, to zip the jeans. <laughs> they were, you could tell what religion I was, you know. Uh, well, uh, 
one of my favorites too. You got you got a picture of you guys, and this was this was around two thousand. You've got a picture hanging out with just one of the biggest legends of all time, Lemmy. In in two thousand, you uh, I think it was after you finished recording uh, Borders and Boundaries. Uh, yeah. You, you got to just give us a little bit about hanging out with Lemmy. Yeah, so I had met Lemmy probably once or twice. He was always at the Rainbow Bar yeah. and Grill. There was a, a Galaga machine in the back just, or asteroids or something, and he would he would just sit there. You could, you could smoke at that time. He'd have an ashtray, and they would just keep bringing him Crown and Cokes, you know, and he would just sit there and, and, and play his video games. Well, um, Howard Benson, who produced Hello Rock View, he knew Lemmy and we had that connection with him. And anyhow, the publicist at Capitol Records, because Borders and Bounties was recorded under the Capitol uh, umbrella. Yeah. We ended up releasing it on Fat Records because we, we got dropped after the record was recorded. But anyhow, the publicist knew Lemmy. We thought it would be cool publicity if we could get him to come down the studio and take some pictures, you know, to put in magazines. Hey, Less Than Jake's recording their third album for Capital, blah, blah, blah. Here they are hanging out. All my best friends are metalheads with Lemmy type yeah. thing. And, uh, we, and she said, yeah, no problem. He'll come down there. He, you know, he'll, he'll come down for an hour. Um, his only request is a two liter of Coca-Cola and a bottle of Crown. And we're like, okay, that's easy. And I'm not kidding you. In an hour, he polished off a bottle of Crown. And, you know, in between pouring it, he just put a little splash of Coke in there. I was about to say, uh, how much of the two-liter went down in that hour? Maybe a quarter. It wasn't much. It was just a splash here and there. But he he wasn't legless walking out of there. He's like, all right, good to see you. You know, and he just walks out. Like, like it was, you know, if, if you or I would have drank that, we would have slept for two days. So. I, was, I was about to say, he somebody needs, to, like, somebody, when he passed away, somebody needed to, he needed to dedicate his liver to to research just to mm -hmm. see how like no mere mortals liver could have taken what it took over the 80 odd years he was alive like yeah there, you know i i don't know and, and and by all accounts you know and maybe if if you were in his band and, and I, I never, i've never seen the stories usually you hear about it like yeah. oh yeah he was wasted this night he fell off stage or i couldn't wake him up on the bus and he was puking those stories don't exist about lenny yeah i don't think they happen I think he was just kind of even kiltered the whole time, no matter what he did. Well, I mean, like you said, if you hang out with him for an hour and he's polished off that much crown and he compl seems completely sober, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would make sense. Uh, done it. Well, now, uh, listeners, if if you if you get a chance, definitely check it out. I uh, I got the book there, Blast from the Past, on on Kindle. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can get it Kindle, you can get it hardback, or, well, just, uh, a hard copy, I should say. And, uh, it's a good trip down memory lane, so make sure you check it out, listeners. One other thing in the book that I wanted to mention, Chris, is you got the first piece of fan mail, uh, that Less Than Jake ever received. And... Yes, from, De from Dennis DeFren in Owasa, Michigan. Nice. February, February 12th? 92 yeah nice yeah <laughs> i mean and you guys i mean that's one thing obviously less than jake has a ton of dedicated fans and you've been getting mail ever since electronic and paper and that's actually indirectly what started the podcast for you was a fan sent a message about losing her father and she'd written a poem and she'd ask you to turn that into a song. 
and correct yeah and yeah so in that indirectly influenced the podcast yeah you're you're correct uh that would have been the fall of 2019 i had gotten home from a tour and she had lost her dad and asked if i could write a song and she had written some words down and 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 uh and told me about her father so i wrote a song and she absolutely was over the moon about it and uh she asked me what she owed me and i told her i told her she didn't owe me anything go ahead well initially like when you heard that and you thought about and you decided that like you were gonna do was it a hard song to write because i mean obviously it's not an easy topic to talk about and and you didn't know the guy even though she told you about him so like did did the song come fairly easy to you or was it you know difficult yeah um songs come really easy to me great songs take a long time and come hard hard for me um what i mean by that is is that so she i I told her she didn't owe me anything for it and uh, i said you bought enough concert tickets and t-shirts over the years it's you know it's it's my gift to you yeah she said no i insist she said please give me your paypal or venmo whatever and she sent me an insane amount of money and kind of the light bulb went off because i had had people ask me over the years if i would write songs so yeah anyhow i started doing custom songs and jingles uh for people and date i have written uh since uh pretty much the start of 2020 so it's going on uh three years now yeah i've written uh over 250 songs for people wow so again what i was getting at earlier about them being great is they're great each one is great in its own right for the person right talking about their cat that they loved as a kid or whatever or or they're you know you know, saying congratulations to, to someone that's uh, graduating or anniversaries or birthdays. And I'm mentioning the people's names. And it's got that meaningful their, note. Yeah. Right. Where they went on their first date. So it's personalized. Yeah. Okay. And the reaction videos have just been incredible. People crying and going on and on about it because it's hitting them emotionally because it's, it's somebody went out of their way to hire somebody that they like in a band. Yeah and a song for them so you know out of the 250 there's there's probably 25 really really i think good songs that i would be like yeah i could i could reword these and maybe use for something else <laughs> yeah you know and the rest of the, but the rest of them are great to each and i'm not saying they're crap i yeah. try every time but you know uh it, it it's hard to uh to write great 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 songs yeah but they're they're great to each individual because of the content nice well now and like, like you mentioned so you start these these personalized songs you start writing and you started talking to your now producer of the of the podcast chris uh yeah. and you guys are like setting things up throwing ideas back and forth as far as like this this personalized song deal and he's like you need to do a podcast and yeah so exactly so he basically was he does animation and i wanted him to do um some animation for me and you can see it on my youtube page there's a video it's one minute long and i basically wrote this one minute song of how i can play different styles of music yeah and it's like i could play you a punk song it's like for six seconds and i could play you a ska song for six seconds and then a metal song and it goes through and he put a cartoon of me and each character uh nice. an animated animated piece together 
So we did this and we just started talking as he's making this video. He's like, you know, you should do a, a, a songwriting podcast to coincide with your songwriting. I'm like, huh? And that's that's where it came out of. Um, the name, uh, you know, I had people since I was a young kid, uh, Krista makes a pizza, Krista makes a pie. And I thought Krista makes a podcast. So that became the name of it. And we're going on three years of it. Uh, to date, I'm right now I'm at 130 episodes. Yeah. It, I've released one every Monday since June of 2020. Every Monday, a new episode comes out, and I take one career defining song. Uh, from an artist and we break it down everything about it what went to the you know inspiration behind it uh, to, to the recording to who produced it who mixed it I go line by line I talk about the instrumentation I, I ask about the lyrics and the subject meaning and yeah uh, try, try to leave no stone unturned it's I mean it, it's really it's a really great podcast and and I was wondering like you know when you demate it did did <laughs> Did you see it being that successful? Like as far, I mean, did you see yourself again, like going three years or were you like, I mean, is that sort of your personality? Like, well, I'm going to go in, I'm going hard. We're going to go. Um, well, yeah, that I would say that's my personality, but more so for me, it was, I kind of saw the writing on the wall and you know, people thought, oh, it's a pandemic. That's why you're starting a podcast. There's tons of people did yeah. that. It was like, no, I, I didn't even think about starting a pod. I had enough to keep me busy with the songwriting. The podcast was just, you know, I, during the pandemic, I was working 60, 70 hours a week. It was crazier than ever. And that was pretty much seven, seven days a week. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was, it was a, a, a passion of mine. I, I love doing it. It didn't feel like work, but I was putting a lot of hours into it. And um, I said to myself, there's going to be a lot of people doing podcasts. I'm going to probably get ragged on it. And I did a couple of like, oh, you're starting this because of the pandemic. And I said to myself, I'm going to see it through the pandemic at least. Yeah. I don't care if nobody listens to this thing. I'm going to I'm going to do it. And it's been great. It's For been sure. it's it's went beyond my wildest dreams. A hundred percent. It's I mean, it, it's got a, a lot of listeners and, and it's definitely like you said, you go into details and a lot of cool songs that I've really liked. Uh, you know, growing up and listening to, uh, what would you say is something from from the the live guests that you've had on? Because you do some where you just analyze a song, and then you have some where you actually have that artist on the show. Uh, what would you say something you've learned, sort of in song? I mean, because obviously you are a great songwriter, and and you write a lot of songs, personalized songs, and songs for less than Jake. What is something yeah. you've learned? Uh, from all of these songwriters that maybe you didn't know going into it that you said that you could actually use as far as like songwriting oh, or just philosophy? Uh, a, a ton, and I'll get to that in a second. You know, since it started, I've had a guest on every week except the month of August uh, this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that had five Mondays in August. So I have had five episodes where I broke down songs of artists that are no longer with us. Yeah. That, that I'll never be able to have on the podcast. So I had, we did Faith by George Michael. Mm -hmm. We did Queen, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. So we we did that for a month and we did it for a couple of reasons. I wanted to see if people were tuning in for the guest or if they were tuning in for the show. Yeah. And 
and I wanted to see, you know, do they like the content or do they like the guest? And it's, I think it's a bit of both, but mm -hmm. our, our number, our numbers didn't dip in August. The audience is strong. They're, they're listening and they're tuning in. So that was great. And yeah. we may, we may do an episode a year in the future like that. We probably won't do a month again, but um, it, it was really cool to see our, our listeners hanging with us. But getting back to your question, <clears throat> excuse me, about um, learning stuff. I, I learn stuff every episode. Yeah. You know, I learn little turnarounds and little tricks and I go, ooh, I want to do that. You know, um, I like the randomness that I've seen in songs. I'm like, why is there backing vocals on the first two pre-choruses, but not on the last pre-chorus? Yeah. Usually you would keep them naked at the top. And then at the end, you'd, why isn't it there? And you sit there and then I'll ask the guests. And they'll say, well, we thought this. I'm like, I never would have, I never would have thought take, taking that angle on it, you yeah. know? So it's been eye opening. It's awesome. been fantastic. And it's been great too for the guests that have come on every time, nine times out of 10, they'll say, man, I've never done anything like that. That was awesome. Yeah. And that's great for me of being in the business for 30 years. I've done every horrible interview you've ever done. Okay. And this isn't one of them, but um, <laughs> seriously, thank I, you. I've, thank I've, you. I've done, I've done just, you know, the most, you'd rather watch paint dry type interviews and the same with a lot of guests. And I've seen them come on. I had Kip Winger talking about Winger. I had Kip come on and for the first like three minutes, you could just tell that I was just another interview in his day. So oh, like, yeah. Yeah, and he was just kind of, you know, cause it wasn't there and I'm going, oh boy. And we start getting into it. I'm like, so now here, you know, you, you modulate up here to this thing. And I start talking music shop with him yeah. and he's all about it. He's like, oh, let me show you. He gets his piano out. And I'm like, oh, I got him now, you know? So yeah. those types of things are, are what just drives me to do it. It's it's because I'm tapping into something that nobody's, you know, I've never had anybody break down one of my songs like, like yeah. that. Yeah, it it's it it's I definitely can can uh, relate as far as knowing when you have a guest on and I have definitely as the interviewer had to watch all of those horrible interviews when I'm doing research for an interview and I go back and watch these things and I just think what the hell was that guy thinking? That's yeah. the worst interview questions and just over. And so, yeah. And, and that's why I get like so many artists that come on that are just like, all right, we're going to do another one of these. And I'm like, yeah. trust me, I did my research. I'm ready for this interview. Don't, don't, at least, at least I'll have questions that make sense. Try, hang with yeah, me cool. for a little bit. But uh, as far as those cool guests, like I got really excited about one you just recently had. You had art uh, from Everclear on yeah. and he talked about Santa Monica which is it is one of my like favorite 90 songs like i just it's just so quintessential 90s and just that starting guitar riff that's what i learned yeah. like that's how that was the first song i learned on guitar uh when you, you get a guest like that i mean obviously that was one of my favorites that you've had on but like who were some of the ones that you got the most excited for as far as like songs that you were like oh man i have loved this song so long i want to talk to him about it like who were a couple of those for you um huey lewis Ooh. talk about our love that was great um d snyder from twisted sister oh man was was very cool yeah uh i had uh daryl dmc uh daryl mcdaniels from run dmc on broke down it's tricky Nice. Um, and then, you know, I, I did an episode with Holly Knight and Holly, 
uh, is not a household name, but she is a songwriter. Yeah. Who's written everything from Pat Benatar to Tina Turner to you name it. She's yeah. written some art. She, she wrote hits for heart. And she uh, co-wrote a song with Less Than Jake many years ago. No. And I had her on to talk about Pat Benatar, Love is a Battlefield. She wrote that song for Pat. And so, you know, getting to, to break down songs from my childhood with who wrote them, regardless if they're the star that sang them or not, it's it's awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, those are some, those, those, those would be some fun ones for sure. Uh, yeah. And Dee seems like such a, He's such a, a goofy guy, but such a cool guy at the same time. Just like a, he's just that all in one with a giant pile of hair. So yeah, <laughs> uh, like when you think about it in songwriting in general, obviously doing this this podcast now for three years. Wh- what's your you know mountaintop Mount Rushmore songs? Like in your idea, songwriting gold, the best songs in your mind that like you think this is it this is how you write a song I mean, yeah i mean there's are you are you asking what my favorite songs are yeah or are you asking- well, yeah in general like if you could break down a song and say this is how you do it this is the amazing song yeah i mean the you know the, the goal is I'd, I'd love to have elton john on mm. you know I, I there's a 20 30 songs of his i i'd break down any one of them billy joel um uh dave grohl uh I'd love to have dave on uh madonna you know um any of the the, the biggest stars from from back in the day or even current you know yeah. taylor swift yeah you know if i could get taylor swift on this show and and um you know and, and that's kind of the goal it, it's not even uh money driven you know like it's very difficult to make money at a podcast you got to be big to yeah. make money at a podcast it's 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 a grind uh but that that's kind of the dream is for it now, I'm I'm pushing harder and harder because I want it to be the biggest music podcast because I want to talk to those legends. Yeah, that for me is like a dream come true to sit across from James Hetfield and talk about Master of Puppets. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, having Steve Harris sit across from you and, and talk about you know an Iron Maiden song would be incredible. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I've already done it with a lot of my heroes. I've had Descendants on and. Like we talked about Huey Lewis, Dee yeah. Snyder, a lot of these others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are are there any are there any sort of like undervalued songs, sort of just like uh, one hit wonders or something like that that you've always wondered like how they created their songs that you haven't been able to get on or you'd like to have on? Oh yeah. Well, that's the other thing. It, it's it's straddling the line between pleasing myself and and pleasing the audience. I mean, there's a million songs, not even one hit wonders. I, I know I have songs in my collection of, of bands from, from my childhood that no one's ever heard of. Like they sold like 5,000 records in Canada on some independent label. Yeah. I was that guy. I was always fine. And if it was a good song, you know, I'd go to people's houses as a kid that had 45s and I'd be in the corner with headphones listening while all the adults were, you know, mingling and having hors d'oeuvres or whatever. Yeah. So, 
you know, t- tons of songs like that I would love love to break down. But at the same time, you know, you don't want your audience to be like, I have no idea what that is. Hey, you can always open it up to that new audience. They could get excited about it like you. Well, that's never true know. too. That's true too. And I have I have done a number of episodes like that where it's not that obscure of a song, but the more one hit wonder type stuff. Well, and it de- and it definitely is more possible now as far as just social media and things like that. It's like you you had Ann Arbor on Slade from Ann Arbor who we we had uh, a while back on the show and uh you know their song just out of the blue on tiktok and you're just like so so random that like i told him if if that happened to me i just i wouldn't how what we wrote this song nine years ago what and now all of a sudden and like now it has a hundred million streams on spotify all basically from tiktok it's crazy how songs can do that now um but uh listeners you you want to check out the podcast it is fantastic uh and it's it's a great breakdown of music and it's great to hear two songwriters talk about it and sort of just you guys pass back ideas and sort of go through that analysis of the song i i definitely love it and recommend it to all the listeners uh before we go chris you've got like you mentioned a less than jake mini tour 10 shows uh, up here literally in just about a week, starting off in Athens, classic 40 watt. On these on these tours like this, 30 years into it, do you ever think about breaking out a new costume? Do you ever just say, you know what, I'm going to get one? It's funny, the guys always are like, when you're bringing back the costume, so you, you ne- ne- never say never, I'll say. <laughs> but now, ha- with, the, with the tour, real quick, what's, what's stayed the same... What's changed over those thirty years in a in a less than Jake uh, concert? Um, what's stayed the same is we try to you know play songs from every uh, every portion of our our existence, our career, uh, and you know give the audience what they want with those songs, and we try to sprinkle in some songs that are a little lesser known and stuff that we want to play or newer songs, and that keeps us keeps us happy. Um, sure. And then uh, what has changed is I just think we, we, we continue to, to hone our craft. We continue to be better uh, at our instruments and tighter as a band. And uh, I, I continue to try to get better at, at, at working an audience and reading an audience. Yeah. You know, and then seeing what, what, what they want. And, and, and basically the, the, the goal is uh, like it's always been to leave everybody uh, uh, having a good time when they when they leave the building. As much fun as possible. Uh, well, now, Silver Linings, the most recent album of Less Than Jake, you guys released uh, a deluxe edition last month, uh, but you guys had finished that album before the pandemic. Are you guys, are you guys working on new music now? Yeah, we have, uh, we all have individual songs. We haven't right. really gotten together as a group yet, but... You know, if we went into the studio tomorrow, I, I, you know, in a month we could crank out a record. We have enough, enough, enough songs and ideas floating around, and we're actively trying to figure out when we're going to do that next year. You'll get there. You'll get there next year. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Chris, we are up against a break, but I want to thank you for bringing a Thanksgiving miracle to the Doc G Show. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad to be of service. Thank you so much for having me. For sure. Listeners, you can check out all things Less Than Jake at lessthanjake.com. You can follow him on social media. You can get Blast from the Past all that you know, Amazon, everywhere else they sell the uh, books. You can check out Krista Makes a Podcast on all podcast platforms. 
Right now, let's take a listen to Keep On Chasing by Less Than Jake right here on the Doc G Show. Here on the Doc G Show, Thanksgiving miracle, Mike. We're handing them out left and right. That Thanksgiving miracle, Krista makes coming on the show, fantastic. Less than Jake, my goodness, the history. Just so many good memories he's had over the whole thirty-year uh, career. You know, um, yeah. Just getting to play with a lot of cool people. I mean, not just Tommy Two Tone on Thanksgiving, but getting to play with people like, like, uh, you know, or well, getting to meet people like Lemmy from Motorhead. That's awesome. Not many people can say yeah. they got to hang out with Lemmy from Motorhead. Pretty. Mm -mm. That's pretty awesome in my book. I'm pretty. Yeah. I'd be pretty jazzed about that. Um, just fantastic too. His his uh, his podcast is great. Uh, like I said, I loved listening to the one with uh, with Everclear on there. Uh, that was fantastic. And the one that he mentioned, getting to talk with Huey Lewis about his songs. Huey Lewis. That's yeah. pretty dope. Sweet. That is pretty dope. Mike, uh, I decided since we started the whole show with the top, uh, the Doc G top three, you know, that's our Doc G top three quota for so the week. We're not going to do another one. We don't want the, the listeners just to go overboard with Doc G top three and ruin <laughs> the greatest segment in the world, you know? So we're sure. going to hold on. Listeners, hold on. I know you've already written it down. You're actively waiting. You've got your vegetables. Huh? Keep those top three vegetables for next week. We're going to hit them next week. Cool. But, Mike, we're going to move on to our uh, birthday suits. Um, what birthday suits, do, what What do you want to hear first? Do you want to hear the uh, political figure or the musician? Hmm. Political. Okay. Political figure. Yeah. Probably not going to get this one, Mike. No, um, probably not. And I don't know. I would say if I were to go to guess... If uh, we gave this to 100 people in America, I would say 10% would get it. That'd 10%. be my guess. Because most Americans have no effing clue. So, uh, no. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Anyways, born on November 23rd, 1950 in New York City, our birthday suit wearer was a tremendous student growing up. Ended up scoring 1,600 on his SATs. Graduating as valedictorian of his class, he ended up going to Harvard and then went to law school at Harvard. So, you know, fairly smart. 
1974, he ran for the New York State Assembly, served three terms there. He then ran for the House of Representatives and served until 1998. He then ran for the United States Senate, and he served there ever since. In 2016, he was selected as the Senate Minority Leader, and then he became the Senate Majority Leader in 2021, mm. passing several large bills over the past year. Name that birthday suit wearer. Of course, I have no idea who this is, but this is so, like, I need to know these things, Doc G. I need to really be of the 10%. Pull, pull out your notepad, We're working Mike. on it. Pull out the notepad. It is Chuck Schumer. Chuck. Chuck Schumer. Schumer, yes. Uh, he looks like your quintessential old white dude. Um, yeah. He's usually wearing half glasses, Mike, and he wears them low on his nose, right? So it's always, okay. he, he looks, I mean, they make fun of it all the time on late night shows, right? Like Seth Meyers and, uh, and Stephen mm -hmm. Colbert. Uh, it looks like he's like a librarian looking up from a book when you have a question, essentially, at all times. Hmm. Like, mm, yeah, yeah, okay. Hold on just a second. I'm going to find that for you. You know, that's what he looks like. But very nice guy. Uh, very, uh, you know... Uh, mild-mannered guy, I would say. I've never seen him really just lose his temper on anything, you know? He always seems hmm. pretty under control, even in pretty chaotic situations. Well, that's good. That's yeah. important. You yeah, know? I mean, I, I look for that in, in politicians, you know? I, yeah. I think that's very Definitely. important. Um, he is turning, Mike, 72. 72 for Chuck Schumer. Is no. he any relation to Amy Schumer? I feel like he there is. Was... He is. He is. He is. He is uh, second cousins to Amy Schumer. Second cousins. So not you know strong relation, but second okay. cousin. So there you go. Oh. I I didn't know that actually until I looked uh, his information up. I I only knew him as the political figure. But what are you gonna do? I think I knew the reverse. I knew that Amy Schumer had a. You're uh, like, there's a politician somewhere a in, in her life. I yeah. have no idea. Anyways, mm -hmm. well, it's good. Now you've connected. You know both of them. There we go. There you go. Uh, Mike, here is the singer slash musician, born in Franklin, Tennessee, on November 23rd, 1992. Our birthday suit wearer's father was a famous country music artist. Her birth name was Destiny Hope, hmm. but her nickname that her parents gave her was Smiley. Our birthday suit wearer auditioned for the Disney show Hannah Montana when she was 13 years old and landed the role. Hannah Montana uh, became a teen idol. That's a fact. She released her first album in 2007. Then she released her second album in 2008. She released her third album, uh, Can't Be Tamed, in 2010. In 2013, she released a single, 23, by Mike Will Made. And then she released We Can't Stop, the single, and then Wrecking Ball, which went on to be her biggest song, with the eventual release of the full album, Bangers, which went on to be her most successful album. She's released three more albums since then. Name that birthday suit wearer. Smiley Cyrus. Smiley Cyrus. I had no idea that's actually where her name came from. I probably did and forgot, but that's literally, you know, they called her Smiley, 
And then that just became a nickname of Miley instead of Smiley. And then they changed her actual name from uh, Destiny Hope to Miley Cyrus. Destiny Hope. I don't know about yeah, that, that wouldn't. She wouldn't have been famous. No. Destiny Hope would not have no been way. famous. Miley. Yeah, you're gonna be famous. Yeah. with Miley. That's a more that's so a mi- modern. Yeah. You know what? Did you catch that year, Mike? You know what she's turning? Hmm. No. The big thirty. Ooh. The big three zero for Miley. Good for her. Yeah. She's a, she's an old old person now she's in her 30s my goodness good lord she's got it together too i feel like she's got it together i I listened to her rogan interview she's she's collected she got got a little loose and then she yeah yeah she got a little bit bananas which is understandable i mean you're always going to get bananas when you become famous when you're 13 and you just don't know how to deal with things she said a, a couple of bananas things on that Joe Rogan interview. That's a fact. There were a couple of things that didn't make sense. Like her whole going to eat fish, and she had to eat fish because she was low on omega-3s. And I'm like, come on, Miley. Don't try to act like that was the only <laughs> way you could get fish, and your brain was rotting because of it. Come on now. But aside from that, she does seem to have it together, Mike. And, uh, yeah. you know, she's, she's doing her thing. She's being Miley, so... Happy birthday, uh, turning the big 3-0 for Miley. Mike, are you ready for a Thanksgiving miracle? Yes. Very ready. I I am so happy I got you this now, too, because of your uh, memory number one. Um, You brought up in your Doc G Top 3 Memories, number one, part of that critical memory was the fact that Anthony Hardaway, who was yes. on the uh, Magic, hit a half-court um, half court shot. And along with uh, Anthony Hardaway, who was on that team? Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal, arguably your favorite, right? Am oh, I right? Definitely my favorite, 100%. Mike, I have here in my hands... A Beckett witnessed autographed rookie card of Shaquille O'Neal that is now yours. Get out of here, Doc G. Are you serious? This is now yours. A Fleer 92-93 Shaquille O'Neal rookie card signed by the man himself, wrapped in plastic, framed in the card, Beckett uh, uh, authenticated. Yes. Dr. This. thank you so much. That is of course. beautiful. Of course. And it is Rookie coming card, yes. your way. That's it amazing. Yes. This yes. is I, complete collection right here. This is like, I want to still get the Shaq Gnosis shoes, but hey, another day. But now we got an official signed. I don't have anything signed by Shaq. Nothing. Now you and do. I have so many Shaq things. Dr. G, now, thank you so much. Now you do. You now have a uh, rookie card, not just not just anything. A rookie card signed and authenticated. I'm gonna get. Did that I make? Framed. Did I make your top three? Did, uh, is yes. this is this now a top three miracle of Thanksgiving? Yes. Yes. T- this is amazing. Thank you so much, Doc G. Yes, we did it, Mike. We made a miracle of Thanksgiving. I knew we would.
Now, if the listeners want, just give me just give me your favorite uh, basketball players, and I will try to hunt down an autograph for all of you. Everyone out there. Not really. Nope. That's a lie. But um, <laughs> if you spend hours a week on a show with me for a year, I will do that for you, just like I did with Mike. Wow. Regardless, Mike, I'm glad you could spend the second Thanksgiving special with me. Your second, the seventh total on the Doc G Show. We have got Best fantastic right. shows coming up. Next week, we have the great band, The Palms. I can't wait to talk to both of them. They are such a good band. They've got good music coming out. We've got a couple more to end out the year. We're going to take just a heads up. We're going to take a normal break like we do. We take, uh, we take usually a week and a half off the show, so we miss two shows there at the start of the year. But then we're going to hit 2023, and it's going to hit hard. It's yes. going to hit like a freight train, listeners. Wow, that's a, a fact. A freight train of entertainment and fun for 2023. We're going to get amazing guests. Mike's going to be back, of course. I'm going to be back, of course. It's going to be great. But until then, enjoy your Thanksgiving listeners. And uh, as always, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, the associates in the arts holding the notorious Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Doc G, thank you so much. I'm still processing this car. I cannot wait. It's a Thanksgiving miracle, Mike. To see this. It's a Thanksgiving miracle. I am so excited. That's what we do, Mike. We want uh, listeners... Take Mike's energy. Take wow. his excitement. Take his enthusiasm enthusiasm into the rest of your week. And enjoy the Thanksgiving break. Listeners, enjoy we will it. see you next week. And until then, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it to do now.